Hello Naglets, hope you are all doing well. So today's podcast was a request, so referring to gut health. Just to clarify before I begin, I am qualified as a personal trainer and a nutrition consultant. So I, I'm aware I must stay in my lane because some of the this with the research is from dietitians. I've had to look at research, make sure what I'm looking at is up to date and quite general what I would give to my clients anyway. Uh, when it comes to advice but anything i mentioned today if you have got any certain conditions which may involve your gut health please consult a qualified dietitian who's also registered as well so let's move on into the podcast so what is gut health what is class as an healthy gut it's very hard to measure but they usually say that obviously you know, you go regular, what is normal for you. Uh, also, when it comes to gut health, it's massively linked with our brain. There's actually kind of like a connection called the gut-brain axis, which is like a communication link, uh, also known as a, a bi-directional, uh, which means it enables the brain to command gastrointestinal functions. So with me mentioning this right now about gut health, If you struggle with, say, for example, anxiety or managing stress, this, as you are probably quite aware, can hugely affect your choices when it comes to what you're going to eat or not wanting to eat. So some people, they don't feel like eating when they're stressed and some people want to eat everything when they're stressed. Uh, Normally because it's linked with also your hormones as well. So you want that serotonin, that dopamine release when you're feeling stressed. You want that happy hormone kicking in and that's why you tend to crave, say, carbohydrates or foods that bring you good memories uh, for that instant kind of relief. So this is great that this person mentioned about bringing up gut health because actually it links really well with also looking after your mental health as well. And so I'm making notes of my cat as typically doing the cat thing. Oh, it's a square and I want to sit on it on the pad with my notes on. Typical cat um, cat logic. Right, okay. I was just checking she wasn't going to keep sitting on it then, my cat Lily. So, again, when it comes to gut health, normally you hear a lot of words like microbiome um, involved with the gut health. Uh, this is important because it has positive functions on our gut health from energy recovery from metabolism of non-digestible components of food, which is normally very high fibrous foods. Um protection of a host from a pathogen invasion so think like you know reducing your risk of food poisoning basically um and also modulation of the immune system so it's massively linked to immune system as well so again this is where it comes down to again when people do fat loss for example they're always thinking about mostly the calories but actually the quality of the food also matters as well. Um, not just for like obviously long-term weight loss and having better habits with your nutrition, uh, but also from a point of view of for like your energy levels, for healthy guts, uh, for your immune system as well. So to improve this, how would you improve your gut health or know if you are looking after your gut? So the first thing is getting in your five a day. Uh, you know, your different sorts of fruit and vegetables, which is most people actually do struggle with. When I first meet a lot of clients, well, depends what generation it is I'm talking to. 
So the 50 plus clients I coach, 50 years old, they're really good at like getting in their fruit and vegetables. In fact, they probably actually get more than their five a day in. Then you've got the younger generation. I'd say 40 below, probably got young children especially. So they're the priority, keeping the kids alive and healthy. Normally, the mums tend to neglect themselves. And I find they struggle to do that a little bit more. I think it's because you're always thinking get fresh fruit and veg in. Don't knock frozen. I always have bags of mixed frozen veg and mixed frozen berries in all the time, every day, uh, because they're easy to microwave, uh, which you keep a lot of the nutrients used in a microwave, believe it or not, more so than frying and boiling, just so you know. I'm not saying boiling and frying is bad. Um, it's just if you want to have more nutrients, it's actually great microwaving, actually, if you believe it or not. Yet yeah, microwave gets dissed quite a bit. Um, because there's a bonus as well, increasing your fibre intake through fruit and vegetables as well. Uh, it can reduce your risk of heart disease as well. So a lot of my research, I actually looked on the British Heart Foundation. There's loads of research on there. It's very up to date. It's massively funded as well uh, for research because heart health, apart from cancer, is one of the, uh, heart disease is one of the biggest killers in the UK. And it's something that you can't see always with heart disease and until sadly a cardiac event happens. Um, I'm aware of this because I've done my phase four cardiac rehab qualification and I've got experience working with people who have come from, say, they've had a cardiac event. It's not always a heart attack necessarily. There's, there's many different heart conditions. And basically through the rehab process, obviously, I have to be aware of the conditions, how it affects them what may have brought that condition on through lifestyle factors or hereditary issues um but a lot of the hereditary factors is again lack of activity um again because of the high cholesterol levels it could be that they lacked um fiber in the diet which is one of the biggest factors and also one of the biggest protectors against heart disease as well as well as obviously being at a uh, managing your weight but also some people who are not overweight can still have heart disease uh, through poor diet choices, even though they appear they can keep the weight off. Being thin doesn't equal healthy, uh, whereas like being carrying more body fat doesn't always mean unhealthy. Um, either way, end of the spectrum, there's an extreme, obviously, but then there is a middle ground about health. But even I could, you know, end up with heart disease, depending on, you know, it could be, again, could be hereditary or anything. I, I, luckily, I haven't got that much heart disease in my family. Anyway, getting off on a tangent there. The point being is just generally increasing your fruit and veg intake and, fi and general fibre intake as well is, again, as a byproduct, going to really help reduce your risk of heart disease. And that's whether you're doing fat loss or weight maintenance. It's just something that I make sure every client works on within their nutrition goals when I'm working, when I'm coaching them about their nutrition. So, yeah, getting in your five a day. Uh, fruit and veg are your best sources, of course, because uh, it's healthy um, because they, they're basically the best source of nutrients for a healthy microbiome. Uh, also included in there, like prebiotic uh, foods, which instead of just having the yogurt, you can get anything that's whole grain or swap white bread to whole meal, pasta to whole meal, for example, bananas, anything green, green veggies, uh, onions, garlic, soybeans and artichokes as well, as these act as food for the healthy gut bacteria. So again, it's about having that variation in your diet. Really glad to see garlic on there because I literally measure that with my fucking heart when I'm using it in the when I'm cooking away. <laughs> um, 
Obviously, probiotic foods like yogurt, for example, are full of good bacteria as well, which you see a lot of. So again, you could obviously add that in, which I normally have 0% fat Greek yogurt in my diet anyway, most weeks. Um, and again, some milks and that as well will have that too. But obviously, you can buy the pre, pre, uh, pre, uh, get me words up, probiotic drinks if you wanted to, if that's what you like, if you feel like you are lacking in some foods or if you are a little bit picky about what fruit and veg you like, you're a bit limited. I suppose it is better than having less fruit you know not having if you're not enough fruit and veg then perhaps that might be a good option if it's based on your taste if you actually like fruit and veg then have more of that in your diet uh, another one believe it or not for gut health which i can see why because again it's linked to the brain is actually your sleep having quality sleep hygiene and a lot of people neglect sleep now i always say to people when they want one of the best hacks and i hate using the word hack but one of the best hacks for long-term weight loss and to assist with weight loss as well and for health reasons having quality sleep is one of the best hacks you could do and it's free it's free to do so if you have got sleep issues and you know you're struggling do seek help for your sleep go see a sleep specialist go see your gp don't neglect it because there's massive detriments to your health having poor sleep um including actually gut health as well again like i just said earlier the gut and brain are linked you know, the gut-brain axis, and you think you have poor sleep, you're more stressed, you're more tired, you make poorer decisions, um, your immune system's suppressed as well, you have less energy, so you move less, because you're feeling a bit low and tired, you make probably poorer food choices as well, instead of making the better food choices too, appetites all over the place, so I absolutely agree with that, about the sleep hygiene being so important, uh, so make sure you have a, a relaxing sleep routine, I was say, um, my uh, friend who I work with, Meg, who we run Forever Strong with, uh, the online membership, she uh, calls it the sleep opportunity. So basically giving yourself an hour to wind down, to relax, like reading fiction, come off your phone, uh, listen to, maybe listen to some relaxing music or a relaxing podcast, uh, low-lit lights, using candles. Uh, you're basically preparing your body to say, this is sleep time, and it helps that melatonin, that sleep hormone to kick in. It might not work the first night, it might take 30, day, 30 nights before it works. And same if you're a shift worker as well. Apply a similar routine. But if you're able to go bed a similar time most nights, go bed a similar time most nights. Get up a similar time most days. Um, especially on the weekends. If you have weekends off, I still get up a similar time as I would in the week. Not half five, six in the morning. I'll get up at seven an hour later. But I'll probably go bed sometimes an hour later on the weekend unless I'm out then yeah, I'll sleep longer. Obviously, if I'm out, of course I will to get enough sleep. So just bear that in mind, having quality sleep hygiene is one of the best things you could do for your gut and your brain and your health in general. Which, leading on from that, stress management. That came up a lot in the research. Again, as I just spoke about earlier, when we're stressed, it absolutely affects our eating habits. Uh, but it can also affect your immune system. It can affect your energy levels. And it can affect your choices, what you make as well. If you are in a negative mindset, you're going to make negative choices. If you're in a more positive mindset and you're able to manage that stress, you're going to take more positive action. So again, that's where people have that all or nothing mentality. So when something goes wrong, they just turn to negative actions. So let's say they step on the scale. Oh, I'll put two pounds on today, even though they lost a pound the day before and they're not taking averages. Um, or they've had a big salty meal the night before. They're not rationalising it. And they end up using that result to basically trigger other behaviours. Now, some people could do that, they can trigger better behaviours, 
but most people tend to sometimes take negative behaviors as an outcome of having a negative result from something rather than thinking eh, okay let's look back at the whole week okay it's a fluctuation or you know it doesn't you can't think of the reason why but you're just going to carry on and move forward and continue on with your goals but managing your stress absolutely which again links to your sleep hygiene as well hydration was the other one uh, just a note on this I'm getting a lot of women saying I'm drinking three liters of water a day and then they're literally jumping in and out of public toilets all the time don't forget tea and coffee's included milk's included you do not need three litres of water a day on top of everything else. You don't even need three litres in general unless you are training as an athlete uh, or you know doing hardcore training a couple of times a week, which is when you would need more hydration. Then, yeah, absolutely. But say this time of year while it's colder, I probably have about two to two and a half litres a day. And I can tell because when I go to the toilet, my urine is a light yellow most of the time. So I know I'm hydrated. If it's practically water you're pissing out, you're having too much water just saying so you know, or too much hydration so just bear that in mind but of course having enough is also important i know a lot of people who will favor majority of their hydration being tea and coffee or energy drinks and not much as being squash water milk um or even protein shakes i'd class that under there as well so have that 80 20 rule again like you would with food 80 percent is better for you 20 percent is okay in moderation so you might have two cups of coffee and then mostly have squash milk or protein shakes or whatever is a caffeinated basically alcohol will be the majority of your fluid intake for the day but we know that's obviously important for our gut health because we need hydration it helps also with your blood volume getting those nutrients around the body so when I've, again i've coached people from cardiac rehab a lot of them because they're older they tend to not drink a lot of water they might have three cups of tea a day that's barely it and i can tell by their skin looking very elastic especially as they get older so I normally encourage them to have like even a fountain mill bottle of water a day because that's a massive increase for them and just sip that across the day or especially when they come to exercise with me when I used to coach at the leisure centre. Uh, so yeah, hydration is really important again. Eating slowly was the other one. And I get this because one, you'll probably feel more fuller eating slower and two, it's better on your digestion as well doing this because your digestion starts from your mouth at the end of the day where you're chewing, um, you know, before it actually travels down you know to the, down to your stomach so eating slowly was the other one for helping your also gut health the next uh tip uh, i've got from research for this but actually i remember doing this on my nutrition course actually which i thought was really interesting now this will seem very overwhelming and it even fell out to me so i had to count up in my head if i was doing enough of this or how close i was but getting 30 different plant foods weekly to help maintain or improve your gut health now you might think there's no fucking way i'm going to do that now hear me out i've worked out with mine it's roughly about probably 20 to 30 for me on average and i'd say if you're barely having 10 different uh plant-based foods a week so something that grows basically so i'll go through a bit of a list in a minute uh then i would look at increasing it don't worry about trying to get to 30 small steps like we always do and especially if you're doing weight loss, you're trying to increase your protein, it might feel a bit overwhelming. So if you're still working on, say, increasing your protein intake, uh, meal planning, then don't complicate it. Just do these simple basics, you know, buy the mixed bag of frozen veg to add to your, you know, your dinners or your uh, meals. If you do the chili or stir fry, try and add 
three or four different vegetables in there or plant-based food should we say um, you know opting to buy wholemeal pasta wholemeal bread because that comes under eat porridge oats as well so you don't have to complicate as much as you think and don't worry about trying to get to 30 straight away what they're trying to do is basically say have a variation so you get all your vitamins and minerals uh, for the body um, because we, that's why we're supposed to have a varied diet it's why we are supposed to mix what we have when it comes to uh, plant-based foods particular and even uh, meat protein to be fair as well so this is why it's great for people doing 50 50 with their protein so 50 percent being the animal product and 50 percent being plant-based protein so for example you might swap for your meal prep it might be use a kilogram of chicken breast normally in a curry so you might do half of it or you know minus off two 300 grams and then replace it for say chickpeas or lentils so you might do it that way which is a nice way of actually, again, increasing the amount of plant food you're having a week. So think of things that grow. So, for example, uh, nuts and seeds for like toppings. Uh, I wouldn't say have them as like a snack because they're not very filling. And there goes my work away. Speaking of frozen mixed veg, I'm just doing, finishing my tea ready. Um, so think of seeds, nuts, which you could use as toppings on, like, say, top of porridge or yogurts. Um you could also add that to like say an oat baked bars that you're making yourself at home if you wanted to. Uh, obviously having porridge oats some of the mornings or other mornings swapping from white bread to wholemeal bread or seeded bread. Um, you could do the same with pasta, go from white pasta to brown pasta because again it's got wholemeal in there which again is great for fibre as well. Uh, other simple things are like getting the frozen mixed veg so I always tend to do that so I've got there's normally like three or four different vegetables the one I've just used now which is going with fish fingers tonight and wedgies so I've got like say potatoes that's one then I've got sweet corn two peas three carrots four uh, green beans five so there we go there's five there five of my five a day already in one dish uh, the other tip was doing different coloured pe bell peppers in like say chilies and that that you make which i've actually got uh, in one of my chilies and i've actually did a vegetarian chili uh this week so i've got corn mints there which that wouldn't come under the plant one i don't think it comes from fungi so i'm, I'm wondering about that uh but i've got mixed beans in there because there's different variation of mixed beans that would add up as well i've got two different colored bell peppers in there i've got onion and garlic again which again it's things that grow tin tomatoes have gone in there so as i'm talking you can see it does add up you know, if you add in basically two or three different vegetables to your dish, basically, or swapping like whole meal for most of your, say, bread, uh, pasta, maybe even brown rice now and again as well, or swapping for those microwavable uh, grain packs that you can get with like lentils and stuff in, you can even do that as well. And it's not expensive stuff, you know, you can go, you can go quite cheap with a lot of this, because I, again, I do bear in mind about people budgeting as well and how they do it, but frozen veg and frozen mixed berries are fantastic and they're frozen fresh on the spot they're probably actually a lot fresher than sometimes what you buy from the supermarket um so i always opt for having frozen veg and berries in my freezer all the time and again they do it cheap as well so it may feel overwhelming doing 30 different plant-based foods uh, or things that grow but I would say if you're just learning to improve your nutrition at the moment, just aim to have a little bit more than what you're having now. Like I said there, just to have some, you know, get a bag of mixed frozen veg already. You're going to be having more than what you probably have. When you buy bell peppers, you normally buy a pack with different colours, don't you? Like red, yellow, green or red, yellow, orange, whatever. 
Uh, don't forget your garlic and your onion, that counts as well. Tin tomatoes, it soon adds up. Okay, moving on from that. Um, they also suggest as well, again, for gut health, is actually having adequate calcium daily as well, especially um, if you have inflammatory bowel disease, uh, osteoporosis, celiac disease, um, etc., or IBS. So basically, not most of them are autoimmune diseases by the sounds of it. Um, you normally need a recommended high dose. It's about a thousand milligrams a day, which again you can get from a mixture from some nuts, uh, plant milk, tofu, um, plant milk. Sorry, came down and said milk separate. Yogurts, cheese, leafy green veg as well. Uh, you get it from all those different sources as well. I'd say opt more. Don't just have like say fifty grams of nuts a day. Again, use it as toppings. Uh, but mainly from like maybe plant milk, which is normally fortified with calcium these days. Your tofu, maybe if you're doing like say a vegetarian meal one week. Um, your general milk as well, which you might put in your to your porridge or mix with a protein shake. Um, again, cheese in moderation, of course, as well you know, as like a topping on something. Your yogurts, which could be great for a snack or breakfast. Leafy green veg, which I just said there about adding variation of different veggies to your dish. I think like your spinach, your kale. Again, I know people discale, but if you cook it right, it's actually nice. I tend to pan fry mine with just a bit of salt. That's it. And it goes a little bit crispy. It's a bit more meaty and it's actually very nice. And even my missus, who's very fussy, actually loves that. Or the, um, I think it's called Nero cabbage. Uh, it's like a big, long, dark leaf. And you, you need to get rid of the stem, though, because otherwise it's a bit too chewy. But that's banging stir fried as well, or added into a stir fry too. Um. Lastly, so like we said, just to sum up basically what to do to improve your gut health. So first off, varied diet when it comes to fruit, veg or any plant-based foods. So think plant-based protein as well, uh, mixing that into some of your dishes and swapping some of the meats sometimes. Uh, even I do that. I'm, I'm, I eat meats, but I do like to vary it just for, especially things like for chilli and curries. They're really easy or stir fries. I tend to mix, um, again, try to get plant protein like chickpeas, lentils. Uh, I, I have used tofu before. Uh, I even use the corn mints and the corn um, little pieces as well. Again, I'll have to investigate if that's classed as high fibre. Uh, for a plant-based, that'd be interesting. Uh, remember, the gut and the brain are also linked. So think about managing stress and your sleep hygiene as well. Looking after your hydration, eating slower as well. And then think about also your calcium intake, which again, I've just mentioned there. As long as you're getting some variation of those foods again within your diet, that's going to also help with a healthy gut. And of course, if you've got any certain, like especially autoimmune diseases, then they recommend a lot more. So they're saying like a thousand milligrams a day, for example. Um, but that's it. That's all I've got on that today. So really simple stuff is basically have a varied diet and have a lots of different plant-based foods within your diet as well. Um, you know, keep it simple, basically. And again, this is applicable to anybody. If you're doing a weight loss goal as well, you want to do it for healthy in the day. So you're going to improve the quality of your diet over time and have more of those plant-based foods. And the day, they're more filling. They're very uh, uh, more nutrient dense. So you can eat them in high volumes because they're lower calorie. So it's great for filling you up as well. Uh, so from a food volume point of view, it actually really improves your diet and you're going to be fuller as well. Uh, also, it keeps your food interesting because you've got to mix up what you're having and it might be you just change what you're having as a curry or what you're having a stir fry or a chilli. So think of those big bulk, bulk cooked foods are so easy to do. Think of your frozen veg, your frozen berries. Um, you know, again, it's just about keeping it simple as possible. So again, I've tried to stay in my, stay in my lane as much as I can today. 
and base everything off research that's up to date as possible as well but i hope you found that helpful about improving your diet um you know again whether whatever your goal is this is suitable for everybody even i'm working on increasing my how much plant um foods i have across the week as well so i think that's 30 different plant foods across a week not a day just to clarify there um but don't worry if you're not near that number just wherever you are now if it's quite low then just gradually implement something different within the meals you already have you haven't got to change everything that you have it's about making tweaks and changes which is far easier to sustain for the long term whatever your goal so i hope you found that helpful today please share away with anyone else who you think would find this helpful in the next episode up and coming because I've had another request, is about cold water therapy and open water swimming. I'm just receiving some data and some information from uh, clients and family members who love doing open water swimming and looking what the research is on that and why they do it and is it good for us? Is it good for our health? And, you know, does it help with the rumours of losing body fat um, or, you know, longevity for our life? Well, tune in into next week's podcast when I launch it. If you ever want to bring anything up in my podcast, you can always email me, natalie at nagpersonaltrainer.co.uk with the subject line podcast. You can also inquire for online or in-person coaching as well. I'm based in Stone, Staffordshire as a mobile personal trainer, but I also coach online. So if you need more help with the nutrition side, the lifestyle side, your habits or what we discussed today, online coaching would massively suit you hugely when it comes to the lifestyle factors. If that's the area where you're struggling, which for most most people it is but if you prefer that more one-to-one approach because you need coaching how to exercise safely um as well as also helping you with lifestyle goals then obviously face-to-face coaching would be more suitable for you so again please share away with somebody else who may find this helpful hope you enjoyed this podcast and i hope you have a great day